It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Thursday, July 21st, 2016. We have 18 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have northwest winds 5 to 10 knots today. And today we'll talk a little bit about how it feels to be on board a ship at sea, which perhaps surprisingly is a big part of the experience for people on board. But first, a look at our Columbia River ship schedule for the day. We have eight inbounders, we have six in the Astoria anchorage, and we have eight outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. So lots of ship-watching opportunities. Our first arrival in the river is the Kembulk, New Orleans. She's arriving from South Korea, headed for Vancouver, Washington. She's a petroleum tanker. She will pass Astoria around 7.30 a.m. You might see her in Vancouver around 1.30 p.m. The Ultra Villarica is arriving from South Korea, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She'll she'll be eventually headed to the port of Portland to pick up potash. She'll be arriving in the anchorage around 11.30 a.m., and she'll leave leave around 11 p.m. to head to Portland and arrive there about 5 a.m. on Friday morning. The Kipro Spirit is arriving from South Korea. She's headed for Rainier's Anchorage. to. P- she's going to pick up wheat at the port of Longview eventually. She'll pass Astoria around 11.30 a.m. and arrive in Rainier maybe by about 2 p.m. today. The Stony Stream is arriving from Ferndale, headed for Vancouver, Washington. She's going to a, a uh, berth that handles bentonite clay, which, by the way, one of its uses is kitty litter. So it's kind of fun to say we have a ship full of kitty litter that will be going by once she picks up that cargo. She'll pass Astoria around 12.30 p.m. inbound and arrive in Vancouver around 6.30 p.m. The Pola Ladoga is arriving from Uruguay, headed for Longview. She uh, is... Uh, going there to pick up logs, and she'll pass Astoria around 1.30 p.m., arriving in Longview around 5 p.m. And a ship called the Hanjin Hedong is arriving today. She's heading upriver to Portland to pick up wheat. She'll pass Astoria around 5.30 p.m. and arrive in Portland around 11.30 p.m. And this is, you may recognize that name, Hanjin, used to be uh, a container shipping service that came into the river that no longer does go to the port of Portland. But this is a, Hanjin has all sorts of ships in their fleet, and this is a bulk carrier that is coming in to pick up wheat. So something a little bit different from the Hanjin, Hanjin line. And our outbounders, the ATB Dublin Sea is leaving Portland. She's a petroleum tanker. She will leave around 1 a.m., pass Astoria outbound around 7 a.m. The NSAC Wyoming leaving Portland with soda ash on board around 2 a.m., Uh, passing Astoria outbound around 8 a.m. The Leo Iris is leaving Longview carrying wheat, leaving around 1 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 4.30 p.m. The Lavender Ace is leaving Portland carrying Honda. She's a car carrier, leaving around 2 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around around 8 p.m., rather. And the Octia R is leaving Kalama with wheat on board around 2 o'clock this afternoon. Maybe see her passing Astoria outbound around 7 p.m. The Hyundai number 107, bet you can guess what is on board that car ship, heading out of the port of Portland with brand new Hyundais on board. Uh, leaving around 5 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 11 p.m. The West Bay is heading out of Portland carrying potash around 5.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 11.30 this evening. And the Amagi Galaxy is heading out of Clatskanai, port westward with petroleum. She's departing around 6.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 9 p.m. In keeping with my work on the ship report, I think about maritime stuff a lot, as you may have noticed if you've listened to me over the years. The other day I was thinking about being at sea on a ship, which is something that I have done. This is a particular train of thought that began after I watched a video on uh, on, uh, on the internet 
of a container ship taking 40-degree rolls at sea. It was billed, of course, as one of those kind of oh-my-God type videos you see promoted on Facebook. Being a maritime geek, of course, I watched it. And uh, as I waited for it to start, I was prepared to be impressed and perhaps unnerved at the power of the sea. I was surprised to find that it wasn't all that scary to watch it. I thought I should have been at least somewhat terrified considering what was happening. Now, 40 degrees, let's be clear, is nothing to sneeze at. If you remember your high school math classes, 40 degrees is just 5 degrees shy of 45 degrees, which is halfway to the ship lying flat on its side in the water. So a 40-degree roll on a ship is really something, and I'm sure such conditions make people on board at least a little bit nervous, even if they're seasoned sailors. Now, I wondered why this video just didn't get to me, didn't convey the gravity of the situation. Then later, as I was thinking about something else entirely, it dawned on me that I was experiencing the limitation of film. Now, film is a wonderful thing, but in this particular case, at least, it doesn't and it couldn't show you how it felt to be on board. And this was not, of course, a Hollywood movie with special effects. It was a, a video someone took probably with their phone, and it made me think about how much special effects fill in the blanks for us in, a, in our movie experience. But if you had been there on that ship and could feel what it felt like to be on board under those conditions, well, a lot of us would be cowering in our bunks. Handling your feelings, both physical and emotional, can be half the battle under such conditions at sea. So I thought it might be interesting to describe what I remember about what it feels like to be on a ship at sea. When you're on a ship away from land, the ship is often negotiating ocean swells, at least here in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest as it travels. These are rhythmic waves that the ship will either take on its bow or on its side or on its stern or back end, depending on how severe the waves are and what direction the ship is going in. In bad weather, ships try to face oncoming big waves, so they won't tend to roll the ship over or swamp it from behind. What you may not be able to feel when you're watching a video like this of a ship in bad weather is the rolling and the settling, or in some cases the outright falling feeling that is part of a ship's motion through the water. Even under calm conditions, this is happening to some degree. The ship is moving forward, but in the process it is doing other motions too. Under calm conditions, it feels kind of like a dance. The ship rolls a little from side to side, and then it dips slightly as it noses through the waves. Then it rises from that dip, and the process starts over again. The first time I was on a ship that was going through ocean swells, I felt a small sense of panic, actually, not at the side-to-side -side rolls, which seemed normal, but at the sense of falling that came over me as the ship dipped into the troughs of the waves. It was a little bit like the feeling of being on an airplane that suddenly loses altitude. I felt so completely unable to control what was happening that it was scary. My reptile part of my brain, so to speak, went on overdrive for a short while. What if the ship just keeps falling? What if it never comes back up? After a bit, of course, I got used to it, used to that predictable rhythm. Then every once in a while, the ship would, at least according to my brain, fall too far or sink in the trough and stay there a little too long. Then part of me would freeze as I waited for the upward buoyant motion to return to bring the ship back to where she should be. This was my reaction in calm weather. If you add 30-foot seas, hellacious winds, and driving rain into the mix, the ship's response becomes more pronounced and violent. Huge rolls from side to side and sickening dips in the troughs of the waves, often to the point where you can't see the horizon anymore. The ship falling in a giant hole in the water. That can be terrifying. That's what the video doesn't show you. The feeling of being overpowered by the conditions around you. That's also the motion and the disorientation that creates seasickness. 
Now, if you have work to do on board, you can probably distract yourself with that. Passengers probably have a harder time with it. Too much time to think. Under such conditions, mariners have no choice but to trust their ships and make the best of it. And when a ship gets you safely through an awful storm, it must be hard not to be grateful for the protection, grateful for the living another day. So it's not surprising that sailors attribute all sorts of qualities to their vessels, which are their skin, their guardian, their world at sea. Ships start to feel like part of you after a while, or like you are part of them. At least that's what mariners have told me. By the time I had spent ten days aboard the bulk carrier cargo ship I traveled on, I felt a sense of attachment to the ship and her crew that was kind of hard to fathom. I hardly knew them, really, but I had shared some great moments of conversation and just silent time, moments that I will always remember. That bond, not easily broken, is one of the wonderful mysteries of life at sea. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.